Hello and welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching and if you want more, visit the website at halesowenapostolicchurch.org. Um, so, do you know what, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the Lord's going to do with us this morning. You know, we, we come, as Mark said, we come and we preach and we give messages. This is not from us, this is from God. And this is for each and every single one of us this morning. Hallelujah. I'm hungry for God. Amen. I'm hungry to see God move in everybody's lives. I want to see what God can do with each of us and actually for the body of the church of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to be preaching from Romans this morning, and I'll give you the exact location in a second, but I don't want you to get distracted from what's on the screen. <laughs> so if you want to get your Bibles, if you've got Bibles, brilliant, just get to Romans. I'm going to tell you exactly where to get to within Romans, but like I said, I don't want no distractions. So let me just set this up. So whilst you get into Romans, look, the book of Romans comes after the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then it comes after the book of Acts, which is absolutely incredible, because that talks about the Holy Spirit and how that transformed the world and the building of the church. But listen, before all that, before the book of Romans, we had Jesus Christ, his ministry on earth for 33 and a half years. But actually, he only preached for three and a half years, spreading the good news to the whole of Jerusalem and surrounding areas of Judea and Samaria. He got disciples on board. He showed them and taught them exactly what the kingdom of God was all about. His ministry concluded through crucifixion. To take away the sins of the world through the blood of the Lamb. He triumphed over death through the resurrection. He appeared to hundreds of peoples over, over weeks to prove who he is, what he's about, and the promises that are in the Bible are amen, amen, and amen. amen. Before finally ascending up into heaven, he promised the disciples that he would send them another helper, a comforter, the Holy Spirit. But what was the Holy Spirit? How would they get the Holy Spirit? The disciples were pretty much perplexed, I guess. Can you imagine that? Jesus said, I'm going to send you something. Holy Spirit, but you wait to receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I can imagine the disciples maybe just gathering around, breaking bread and praying as Jesus instructed them to do so, often wondering when and how they would receive the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, and I'm not going to preach on the pe Pentecost, but on the day of Pentecost, God poured out His Spirit upon the disciples they were empowered with God's Spirit. They had the boldness and their faith went up another level in who Jesus Christ was. They were ready to change the world as Jesus instructed them to do so. Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creation, to all creatures. <laughs> I say... That time must have been awesome. As disciples being full of the Spirit, going around doing signs and wonders, transforming people through the good news of the Gospel, 
igniting people with the Holy Spirit, healing, casting out demons, showing them that they are a new creation now in Jesus Christ. For the former things have passed away, for they have become new. Can you imagine that move of God? Nothing was impossible. They had God in them, working the kingdom of God, for the benefit of God, and for the benefit of His creation. But most importantly, they're being set free from the power of sin. And their hope is now in the eternal God. And they were born again. Their eternal destination had changed in a twinkling of an eye. No longer are they going to hell, but they're now going to heaven. I'd actually say that they'd experience heaven on earth whilst they were doing this. Life's good. Life's amazing. Guess what? Didn't last. You see, things were about to change. Life was going well, but now life was going to get tough for these disciples. They'd committed their lives to Christ, or the way, as it's called in the Bible. They got introduced to Jesus. They could see things were happening. But what they didn't anticipate was the persecution, the trials and the tribulations that were due to come. I wonder if that resonates with you this morning. I wonder if you had been introduced to Jesus. You're on fire for God. You feel things are going in the right direction. Everything seems great. But then things start to change. You start to encounter trials and tribulations, problems, situations, disappointment, hope, hurt, confusion about who is Jesus and what he's trying to do in my life today. Hmm. You see, you're no different to the disciples or the apostles. They're full of the Spirit, so are you. They walk through life with God, so do you. But unfortunately, they came up against trials and tribulations. So do you. There's a guy called Saul. His main mission in life was to seek out the Christians and to persecute them. To make sure their life was hell. To make sure that their life was no longer in heaven, but it felt like hell. He pursued them to death. He wanted to shut down this Christian movement. He ignited fear and destruction. I wonder this morning, what is in your life that is like a soul? What is giving you something in your spiritual life that is causing fear and destruction? I can't believe none of us are sitting here this morning without something that you're carrying that may sound like Saul is trying to persecute you. You could say that he's the ringleader. The one who dished out the first intense test of faith to the Christian movement. All that changed, didn't it, when Saul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. You see, what's fascinating, guys, as I reread this this morning before coming to church, 
he pursued Christians to death, Jesus turns up and pursued Paul to give his life to him. What a great God we serve. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've come from, our Lord and his mercy and his grace goes far beyond our understanding and measurement. You see, he gave Saul an invitation to come and follow him, to have his past forgiven and to be given a fresh start. I know everybody in this church this morning, and if it was online, this is probably for people listening and watching. But if you're yet to give your life to Christ, please make a decision to come and speak to our pastor and to seek the truth. We can help you take that first step to find out who he is and what he's about and what he can give you. Jesus gave Saul a new identity. The Bible teaches us that we are a new creation when we come to Christ. The old is gone, the new has, has been born. Not only did Jesus forgive Saul for killing Christians, but he gave him a new name and a new identity. He called him Paul. And he was to go to preach the gospel to the Gentile world. Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, embraced this new mission with passion. He went out and he preached the gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, we're going to be looking at the book of Romans, chapter 5. This book was written by Paul, who I've just described. His primary audience was the Jewish people. But please note, this book is for all believers. It is part of the word of God. And whilst Paul wrote it, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture may have been penned by man, but was moved by the Holy Spirit. So let's jump into Romans chapter 5, please. Let's just make it a bit bigger, that would be wonderful. Perfect, thank you. I'll read it from, from here, be, be easy so people can see. So chapter 5, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. As I read that, I felt quite an injustice in some ways, and forgive me Lord, but don't you think it's a little, little bit rich that Paul wrote that but yet he was the main persecutor of the trials and tribulations in the Christian faith. Doesn't that show the glory of God, the grace of God in his life and for everyone around here? Doesn't matter what you've done. Where sin abounds, his grace abounds deeper. Hmm. So, what is the purpose of my sermon this morning? What can we learn from this scripture? So that's what it's all about. What does God want to speak to us 
today about this in particular. And what's really fascinating, and I love how the, the Lord moves, Mark opened up with certain words about rejoice and joy. Linda, in her prayer, was talking about tribulation and about perseverance. And guess what? The scripture this morning is all around those three things. It's all around having faith in God, having peace with God, but actually glorying in trials and tribulations, knowing who we are and who He is in our lives. Listen, the Lord is our hope. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't promise us a life without trials and tribulation. Not at all. The Bible does not teach us that we will live this life without tribulation. But he did promise that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He promised that he will lead us and he will be by our side in all things. Be confident this morning of who you are. You are a child of God. The name above all names, the victory is in His name. We are citizens of heaven, for we are only passing through this world of pain and confusion. I don't know about you, but these past weeks have been full of pain physically and mentally and confusion. I look at the news and it looks like it's full of pain and confusion. Do you know what? Persecution is everywhere. Everywhere. Who can put their hand up and say they don't feel like this world is persecuting each other? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely crazy. The world is going bonkers. But are we surprised, as Mark said earlier, end times, they teach us these things. You know, the Bible is so clear on what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. We just need to look at the facts and look at the truth to realize that tribulations are part of what we live in. So I sat back at yesterday evening, very late, and said to the Lord, what is so different between the believer and the non-believer with this scripture? Because I see persecution on both sides of the fence. I see persecution on the believer and the non-believer. So Lord, what is a benefit from me having this scripture up this, this, this morning? And he said to me, he says, look, he says, you are believers. Therefore, you have been justified by God. Amen? You, are, you have been made right with God. You are right with God. Believer. Non-believer. You have not been justified. Oh, my word. You can stop there. You see what I'm saying? Common denominator is persecution. We will both be persecuted, believers and non-believers. The main difference is as you go into the scripture, guys, you have been justified by faith and therefore you have peace with God in Jesus Christ. Believer, believe this morning that you are right with God. Believe this morning that you can receive the peace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're in this camp, a non-believer, wow, you're in trouble. You may be persecuted 
I might be persecuted, but my hope and my faith stands on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Through also, we have access by faith. Who's got faith this morning? Yes, we have, Lord. We have faith into His grace. Hallelujah. Guess what, guys? Non-believer. You do have, you have no access to His grace. Man, you're in trouble again. Non-believers. Tell you what, you've been persecuted, but you've got no access to what I've got. I've got the Lord. I've got the peace of God. And I've got, through my faith, access into His grace. And I love this. In which we stand. Man, I'm standing in the river of grace this morning. I'm standing in His river this morning. It doesn't matter what comes against me. I'm standing in His river. Hallelujah. Rejoice. Who wants to rejoice now? We should be rejoicing because we're standing in the river of grace. And what comes after that? We've got the hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. That's what we have, guys. We are children of God. We're standing in the river of grace. And therefore, we should be rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. That's who we are. We may be persecuted. Devil. I don't care because I'm standing here in grace. I'm standing here in the name of Jesus. You can throw anything at me. It doesn't matter. Because I'm over here with my Lord. With my faith. Yes. Amen. Or you could be in this camp. Uh-uh. I'm over here with my Lord. And not only that, but we glory. Oh my word. I want to glory God right now. I want to praise His name right now. It doesn't matter what tribulations come against me because I've got glory. I've got it in my heart. And I love the Lord. Oh my Lord. This is what the joy of the Lord's about. Can you feel it? It doesn't matter, does it? doesn't matter. If you would have seen me last week, and some of you did, man, I was on the floor. This scripture, man, gives you life. Because we have God in our life. Not only that, but we glory in tribulation. Knowing tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character hope. I need to take a drink. Wow. Love it. Dear me, Lord. You see, there's, there's one, there's a number of things that we have in common with the non-believer and the, and the believers, which are, which is, like I say, the, the word tribulation. But you could say that you can glory in tribulation as a Christian, but actually you can glory in tribulation as a non-believer. Yes, you can. But so what? It's not going to give you the outcome of what's on this scripture. You see, the outcome I've got is God. Standing in grace. <laughs> so the non-Christian might say to me, yes, but I can sort of glory in tribulation, and actually I can get some perseverance. Do you know what? If you're dependent upon the world system to survive this world and your eternal destiny, you need, wow, perseverance, 
and perseverance and perseverance. But even then, that's not going to give you what I've got through my faith in Jesus Christ. If you're born again this morning, and if you have the love of God in your heart, as the scripture says, look, hope does not disappoint. Who has God in their heart this morning? We all do. So we should not be disappointed. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is within us. So if we've got the Spirit of God within us, you should have the love of God within you. And isn't God love? It's a, a heavenly love that you cannot compare to the worldly love. You see, the world wants to love you with riches. The love of the world is fame and fortune. Things that are pointless. The love of God is you. He wants you. What better love than for someone to come and die on the cross to take away your sins. So you can enter into that grace through your faith. Because you've been made right with our Lord Jesus. There's only one who can do that. And that's our God, Jesus. If you have all of that, look. You should not be disappointed. This morning you should feel alive and not disappointed. Yes, you will have persecution and trials and tribulation. But look. The potter is God, and he is forming you with the clay, which is you. He's shaping you into things that will be good for his glory. Only if you let him. Only if you let him. <laughs> or, you can step into this, or you can do what non-believers do. Discard the word of God. Have little faith in him. Lean on your own understanding rather than his understanding. For the Bible says that the Lord's ways are higher than ours. So why are we trying to work out for ourselves? Why are we in trials and tribulations? What do I do, Lord? Why am I here? How can I get out of it? For he reigns. Let him reign in your life when you're up against tribulation. A few weeks ago, I got introduced to um, a, a couple um, of Iranians. And uh, it was a phone call out the blue. And I love the way the Lord works with the body of Christ. And um, this, this, this guy from a church in Birmingham, he said to me, he says, Matthew, he says, they want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, wow, that's amazing. So two things popped in my mind. Why have you come to me? Why can't you? but thank you, Lord, that you're using me. And secondly, isn't this amazing that these Iranians have fled Iran because of the persecution, but their faith with God is so strong that they want to get everything they can with God. So guys, what I'm saying is, your persecutions, your trials, your tribulations this morning might be different to the Iranians. And what we see in Russia and Ukraine but each of us have persecution and trials and tribulations. But like I say, our peace with God should be our foundation. Because that's where our joy comes from. Be confident who you are this morning. As I said, you are a child of God. For he is the name above all names. 
We are citizens of heaven. For we're only passing through this world of confusion. I love the way that the Lord uses parables in the Bible to create something visual that speaks to people. The Lord's messages are quite simple and they can be relatable by using the natural world. And what the Lord sort of gave me a few weeks ago when I was putting this together was through representations of the natural world which relates to trials and tribulations and how they affect Christians. The first one he gave me was a storm. We've all been through physical storms, haven't we, over these past weeks? I mean, how many have we had in two weeks? Three, four major storms? But think about it. These storms are on the horizon. You can see them. You can track them. You know where they're coming and when they're going to hit. You can sense the severity of the storm and how long it's going to last. Isn't that the same with some of our trials and tribulations? We can see them coming. We should be preparing ourselves with our faith, standing on the word of God. That's where we should be standing. So when we have trials, we will have perseverance because the word is our perseverance. Second one was a thundercloud. He said the difference between a storm on the horizon and a localized thundercloud is that they can pop up at any time without warning. You can sort of see them, but you will not see exactly where it's going to hit in your life. The lightning strike is unpredictable. So yes, you get the vicinity of the storm, but you are not sure exactly where it's going to strike in your life. Doesn't that feel like some of your problems today? It's like, where did that come from? COVID, for me, four weeks ago, it's like, I know it's in the vicinity, but I didn't think it was going to strike me the way it did. But again, glory to God, because through that trial and tribulation, I stood on the foundation of this scripture. I know that this tribulation is going to do something in me for you and for him. This is the glory and the testimony of God. He uses trials and tribulations for the benefit of his kingdom. The devil may wanted it for bad or for his good, but the Lord took it and made it for his good. And the third one was an earthquake. Now, out of the three, this was the most severe I felt the Lord impress on me because earthquakes happen underneath the ground. It's like a spiritual event. You can't see them and you can't predict them. Oh my word, but when it comes, it will shake the foundations of your faith. You see, guys, it's what you put into yourself daily that allows you to take this scripture and to be confident of who you are and what happens when you have trials and tribulations. You know you're going to have to have perseverance, but that's through the word of God. Stop trying to fight the battles in your own strength. Number one, you should be stopping what you're doing. In the Bible, it says in Mark 6.31, it says Jesus said to the disciples, he said, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Guys, that's so important. If you're in a battle, you need to stop, come aside by yourselves and rest a while. But listen, these disciples rested with Jesus. These disciples rested with God. So please, when you come aside by yourself, 
The Lord is saying, not in isolation, with him. Come and rest and speak and rest with me. The Lord says, come unto me and I will give you rest. He says, be still and know that I am God. You see, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power when you are still and you acknowledge who he is. The second response I want to give you is to drop. Drop to your knees and start praying to the Lord. If my people that are called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face, then I will heal, hear them from heaven and I will heal their land. He is the way, the truth and the life. What more could you need? In Psalm 23, it talks about he walks through the, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for you, my Lord, are with me. So stop what you're trying to do in your own strength. Drop to your knees in prayer. Come before the Lord and seek Him. And the third one I want to give you is swap. Swap your strength for the supernatural ability of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. He is God Almighty. He is the name above all names. He is the King of Kings, the host of hosts. There is no other name that we can be saved through Him. He is power. He is strength. Is our refuge. With him, all things are possible. All things are possible. Without him, we're in a mess. You see, when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, scriptures like 2 Timothy 2.1 really come to life. It says that you need to endure hardship as a good soldier in Jesus Christ. As a good soldier... There is a battle. There's trials. There's tribulations. But there's rejoicing. There's hope. There's glory in what we are and who we are. Listen, Christ owns you. He will never abandon you. Be confident this morning that Christ owns you. If you're a born-again Christian, He owns you. In the Old Testament, they talk about piercing people's ears or stapling people's ears to prove the ownership he owns you. He will never abandon you. In John 10, 14, he says that I am the good shepherd. I know my people. And you know him because you hear his voice. Hmm. Christ guards you and will keep you forever. So you may be in trials and tribulations, but he owns you. And he guards you and he will keep you forever. It says that I will give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out, my, out of my hands. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. Hallelujah. Our Father is greater than all. No one, but no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. See, Jesus didn't promise that we wouldn't have trials or tests. Or that we would have no pain or no suffering. But he did promise that he would wipe away every tear and that he will be by our side. He is our good shepherd. He leads and protects his flock. He's the one who goes after the one and leaves the 99 behind. That's how much he loves you. Ah, Lord. Jesus. I have so much that I've written down here over these past few weeks. And with my 
COVID confusion. It's been really challenging trying to put this together last night. So guys, I just want to say, the trials and tribulations of life are evident. This scripture is a promise of God. Read it later. Meditate on it. Understand that you've got peace with God. And that through faith, you are in His grace. Because God's grace trumps everything. It's interesting, isn't it? No sin, no tribulation. Think about it. I wrote this down. I haven't put it into the, 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 the sermon. But something came to me last night. Without sin, there's no tribulation. Before the fall, there's no tribulation. This world is polluted full of sin. This world is corrupt. But thank God that we have the one who makes us uncorruptible. And we have the one that makes us eternally grateful and kept secure. Rejoice, I say. Rejoice in who you are. Rejoice that you are a child of God. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Let your hearts not be troubled. Fix your eyes on the one who can seek and save you. And he has saved you. Fix your eyes on the one who knows who you are and how, you can, how he can help you. Fix your eyes on the truth which is the word of God. It's all about fixing your eyes on who you are rather than believing the world trying to tell you who you are. Yeah? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So as we enter into our final worship song, I just want to say to you, let your hearts not be troubled. Let's, let your heart not be troubled. Whatever it is today that you've got, don't be troubled. You've got peace with God. That's incredible. That's incredible. We have our Lord God, and through that, we have everything that we need in this world to go through the trials and tribulations. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I say thank you, church. Rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice.